Hello everybody, I'm Oriana and welcome to another episode of Notes from Rumination. Um, it's taken me a hot minute to sit down and record this podcast. I think the past few weeks have just been filled with like uni stresses and um, just stresses at home. Again, the stresses, you know how it is. Um, but yeah, I mean, going through everything that is happening at the moment, I just hope that everyone's okay, everyone's coping well, or as <laughs> as well as you can be coping right now, and just, um, yeah, that you're, you're healthy, and that your fa- family's healthy, and just hoping everybody, wishing everybody health. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, right now, not much, obviously, is going on. I think that trying to, like, find a routine in my everyday has been really difficult um and I was watching like some videos and listening to some people and everyone's kind of talking about finding the new normal which is I think a bit ridiculous like we're not in a state where anything is normal so finding the new normal is not something that we should be focusing on I think you know finding a routine and changing things to work in what we're currently in is perf is perfectly fine but like nothing of what we're experiencing is normal so no pressure there of finding something that is normal in this insanity but um yeah having a lack of routine has actually affected me more than more than I thought I mean I wake up and then I make my bed I drink some water I have breakfast and then what like (laughs) I literally just lay on my bed and just binge watch youtube videos or oh my god i just finished watching glee and that was pretty great i'd never seen glee before and i mean now i just want to get back into acting and back into performing because that was so fun and just watching the episodes it's just i don't know they were really great highly recommend if you've never seen glee but yeah and like i'm just binge watching things and i'm not doing anything productive again productivity not necessary but like yeah it's I'm just bored I mean like I realized how bored I was yesterday when I went to work and I got so damn excited about getting into my car and driving to work like that was the most exciting thing I've been doing and even being at work like was pretty great (laughs) um which is whack but I mean it is how it is the past few weeks again have been really busy with thinking about uni um so even though I've been bored I've been constantly thinking about uni assignments um so now obviously I'm only doing two subjects but the I mean they're pretty okay I think one of them was is based more on obviously creative thinking and thinking of concepts and stuff like that and I'm usually okay with that but um obviously being inside and having I don't know, like the sa- looking at the same thing every single day is just not, <laughs> not like in giving me anything creative. Like I'm losing a lot of creative juice, I guess. And trying to come up with concepts has been kind of difficult and trying to evolve concepts has been hard. I, <laughs> I basically landed on making TikToks for one of my university assignments. Um, and although I love the idea, 
and I think it is, it is, I don't know, credible is not the word, but um, it is a valid idea for this subject. Um, I still definitely have to do a lot more research to put it into words, what I'm trying to do, and I'm not going to try to do that here right now because, again, I need to do more research, but um, making TikToks for uni has been quite great, <laughs> but yeah okay anyway that was kind of like a little catch-up just to get myself into the flow of speaking but today I wanted to talk about something that I found on somebody's Instagram story I can't remember for the life of me whose story it was um but they posted a series of tumblr like writings that were about ass culture and guest culture and I'd never heard about this before um, but when I read them, I was like, oh my God, this is, yeah, this is like a thing. Like, yeah, like I relate to how this works. I don't know, in the everyday. So I just thought I'd kind of talk about it a little bit because I found it so interesting. So basically, us culture and guest culture, I found a YouTube video by Catherine Wu that she did like an online lecture on it. And it was really interesting. And this kind of some descriptions that she brought up so a person who's kind of more into ask culture grows up usually in an environment where you can ask anything being okay with asking anything but you have to expect that getting no for an answer is something that will happen or might happen um so like people who ask part of ask cultures they like prioritize efficiency you know non-ambiguity and they're very straightforward about things, but they're always in their head. They expect that an answer can be no. So they're sometimes like, you know, it can come off as a little bit, um, I don't know, like you're not prioritizing, not hurting feelings, if you know what I mean. Like you just kind of go forward and ask things. Whereas in an asking culture, if you're a part of God, I mean, guest culture. If you're a part of guest culture, which I would say I'm more relate with, you avoid asking questions unless you know the answer will be yes. Um, so you do this by like putting out delicate feelers. And sometimes it just means that you'll even like get an answer without having to ask the question, which, yeah, I mean, even when like, again, guest culture, when you're you only ask questions that you know you'll get, like, the yes answer to, you still, before you ask those questions, even if you think that the answer will be yes, you have to use, like, people like this use judgment on whether um, they're being polite, on whether they're imposing on people, on, like, some, they're going to make, if they're going to make someone uncomfortable, even if they think that the answer will be yes. Um, so as I was reading in a Guardian column, they kind of put it this way so an asker might assume that you might decline whereas a guesser will hear it as an expectation so in many social situations you know like the very fact that you're receiving an anxiety inducing request is proof that the person asking the question is an asker rather than a guesser and also like when you're a guesser asking questions um and things like that and like it's all going to be dependent on 
a tight net of shared experiences. So you're kind of assuming that the person you're asking a question to is <laughs> they think like you pretty much, that they've had experiences like you and that they think like you, um, which is obviously not going to be the case, I think, pretty much ever. Like, everyone thinks differently. Everyone has, you know, different lives and whatever. So it's always going to be hard to even make those judgments in the first place. If you're a part of um, guest culture, people who are askers, they may seem presumptuous and, like, they're out of line. And you're more likely to feel angry or uncomfortable or manipulated because you, before you ask a question, you're always thinking of the answer even, like, before you ask the question. Whereas if you're in, from ask culture, I guess I might seem incomprehensive, inconsistent, and just full of, I don't know, passive aggression. So... There's obviously, you know, like, pros and cons to both ask culture and guest culture. Um, and as Catherine Wu explained in her video, um, most people who are from guest culture are aware of these kinds of things. Even if I didn't know um, this terminology, I suppose, of ask culture and guest culture, because I think that these titles just kind of make it really concise in what is happening <laughs> um you still I was still aware of these things that happen obviously some people ask questions I, I mean I also just kind of put it with confidence though like I grew up very I mean not fully improved but once I immigrated to Australia I was very very shy um and that shyness kind of stayed with me through high school that shyness also turned out to be social anxiety um, and when I was kind of seeing somebody for my social anxiety, cause it was starting to get a bit intense, um, they told me about mind reading and this idea that, you know, you can read somebody's mind, I suppose, like the reason that you don't ask things or the reason that you don't approach somebody, um, is because you're thinking of what they might already say and this is the extremes of guest culture I mean obviously people who are from guest culture they don't don't all they're not all <laughs> socially anxious or um they I don't know like they don't deal with that kind of thing but it is the case in my situation and so I remember her um, telling me to do well we went through this what's called exposure therapy so what I had to do was every week I set out a new challenge for my for me and I <laughs> this might sound a little bit ridiculous to anyone who hasn't experienced social anxiety but one of my challenges was literally to go to like JB Hi-Fi and ask a clerk a question about a camera that I was interested in and that is the simplest thing, something that might seem so easy, but for me, I literally, oh my, before I went into the store, I would start like getting cold sweats and my mouth was dry <laughs> and I was stuttering every time that I'd try to say something. My hands were so clammy. 
I was cold. Like, it was like a whole thing of these, like, physical symptoms happening because I was scared to ask a question. And I'm not saying that it's, like, so trivial. Like, oh, my God, I was just asking a question. Why was I so scared? Because obviously I felt it. Um, and it's a real thing. But, and I can think through these things logically. But when it comes to practice, it's just weird having to put the two together. Like, it doesn't work in my head for some reason. Um, or it didn't used to. Because now I'm I'm a lot better at it. Exposure therapy helped a lot, guys. Um, and so, yeah, like, asking questions. And, like, I think mostly the thing that came into my head when anxiety was, like, propping in was thinking of myself as an inconvenience. Anything that I was asking was imposing. Even though it's their job to literally answer the question, <laughs> I was still thinking of myself as imposing. And what in my mind, the kind of mind reading that I was doing was thinking that they're going to think I'm going that I'm stupid, that I should have done my research before I came, that um oh my god, this noob is wanting to get into this um and they have no idea what what it is. Like I don't know, very very stupid things because even I mean I'm not gonna say that's stupid because they were real thoughts but me being in in retail I <laughs> I work at a bakery and selling bread is retail um you know when people ask me questions I'm not gonna think this person's an idiot for not knowing the difference between this bread and this bread because they look identical but they're they're different breads like I'm not gonna be like oh this person's so stupid or like you know like what a dumb question because I'm there to help people and I'm there to like, because I know the information and I'm there to provide the information to people and help them make an informed choice, which sounds like a lot for bread, but, um, <laughs> I mean, that's how it is. So I think that helping, like working in retail also helped me a little bit because realizing, you know, these thoughts aren't going to go through their head. Also the idea that again, mind reading, not possible. It's not going to be something that you can ever do, maybe. I mean, maybe at one point. I don't know. But, like, you can't read somebody's mind and just assume what they're thinking. Because it's, again, like I was saying with the shared experience, you don't have shared experience with everybody. And you can't assume what they're going to think. You can't put words into their mind that aren't there. <laughs> Like, the whole thing of mind reading, I think thinking of that and her telling me that, like, it's something that you can't, you know, like, you you know that you can't read somebody's mind. But when she told me, like, you know, you can't, <laughs> and she explained these things to me, it was really, really clear, like, okay, I'm never going to be able to know what somebody's thinking about me. And that was so comforting, the most comforting thing I'd ever heard, <laughs> the like it gave me a confidence to just be able to talk to people I don't know what they're thinking and it's my anxiety putting those thoughts onto people and so like when I'm talking to someone and if I think that they think that they're that I'm dumb like I don't know that and even if they do like okay whatever like I don't I still I don't know that like still so I went on a bit of a tangent that that wasn't everything I was supposed to be talking about but yeah like 
that was a big thing for me. And even though I'm still, I struggle with social anxiety every like every now and then, it's not as prominent in my life as it used to be even a year ago. Um, but yeah, I'm still part of guest culture, baby. And I'm still not going to ask somebody if I think I'm imposing on them or if I think the answer is going to be no or if I think that it's going to come up rude. Because in, I don't know, I would never ask somebody something if I know the answer is going to be no. And that's just not, like, that's just how ask culture works. And that's why sometimes people can come off as a little bit intense. But anyway, I wanted to do some examples. Um, And these are just some examples that Catherine Wu gave in the video. Um, So if a person asks somebody else, like, hey, you know, I'm going to this party, do you want to come? And they say that that sounds interesting, I have to check, or like, yeah, maybe, but they don't hear back. That, to a guest culture person, means no. Like, that means, like, okay, they're not coming because they're not interested, that's fine. But apparently, to an ask culture person, that doesn't mean no because there was no explicit no in there. Um, so like that in itself is like crazy to me. I mean, again, it comes into like mind ringing a little bit. But like if, I don't know, if I don't show interest in something, that to me means no. Like, and it's just crazy to me that like ask culture people would think that that was yes. And maybe, maybe that's overanalyzing. And this is all on a spectrum, right? So there doesn't have to be people who are completely ask culture or completely guest culture. You can be in the middle. You can be leaning towards one more than you are the other. And that's completely fine. I think that when discussing the whole ask culture and guest culture thing, the most important thing to kind of come of it is that each culture should recognise how to just, like, be a little bit more understanding of the other culture and have some strategies to implement into your brain. Um, Not coming for, like, ask culture people, um, but some ask culture people can sometimes not realise that what they're asking can be interpreted as rude or intrusive. So... I think that, you know, recognising some strategies for being a bit, yeah, understanding is important. So, from ask culture, I think one of the main things that you can do is be friends with somebody from guest culture. Hit one of us up. (laughs) Ask us out, like, how something you're going to ask is going to be perceived. Something you're going to say... Um, or inquire with somebody if it's intrusive or rude. <laughs> um, having somebody from the opposite culture kind of guide you is, I think, really important. Um, just, I mean, it's just being considerate sometimes to people because people from guest culture, while they're aware of this, I mean, if somebody asks me something, it's hard for me to say no because the like the thinking process that I go through is again if I ask a question it's because I think that they're going to say yes so even though we're aware of all this like still if somebody asks me a question I'm assuming that they're assuming I'm going to say yes so 
it might put people into an uncomfortable situation where they feel like the they should say yes when in fact maybe the person who was asking wasn't even expecting a yes at all maybe they were just expecting a straight up no and we don't know that and we don't assume that <laughs> so i think that's really really important also just listening a bit more closely to the person um who you're talking to sometimes you know if they say yes to something and they sound a little bit unconvinced or they sound like they're not having like they're not super ecstatic it's not like a yes sure like a I guess yeah I could do that like then just maybe rephrase your question or make sure that you say when you ask a question just straight up blank like hey I was wondering if you could do this blah 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 but understand that you don't have to answer the question you don't have to say yes and I won't be angry if you say no because sometimes we just need that little reminder (laughs) of you're allowed to say no you can you can say no like it's perfectly fine so I think that's also really important to put out there when you're asking a question and if you think that the person who might or like the person who you've asked is not fully on board and also just apologize if you say something that is misinterpreted so again you can tell by tone reading body language um if somebody's uncomfortable like just apologize and rephrase the question and this is not like to tell you that like this is how you should live your life and this is how you should ask questions like no everything obviously is situational and sometimes you being an ask culture person is really great because you get straight to the point and you know you're not dibby dabbing around what you're trying to ask you're just going for it and that's fantastic wish wish that was me but just be a little bit more considerate especially if you're a person in who has like I don't know if you're a team leader um knowing which culture you kind of fit into is really important and if you're an ask culture person leading people from guest culture then that's when it can get a bit tricky and that's when these things are I think more important um in everyday situations you know it's hard because obviously if something is not super formal you're not going to be like constantly thinking gotta ask a friend like phone a friend but yeah when you're in a leader situation then that's when I think these things are really important and for guest culture people remember that people might be unaware of the so-called rules so I say rule but there's like I mean there are just social rules you know how there's like the social rule that you have to be dressed when you leave the house just think of this as something a little bit more serious than that like (laughs) and be be aware that people don't know this and be aware that people don't know about guest culture or ask culture even I didn't know about this before um I saw it in that Instagram post but just understand that people don't know the whole thing and move on from there if somebody asks you something make your own judgment you can say no you can say no like also like even when you're saying no resist the urge to make it sound like a you know 
nice no because you can just straight up say no to things and that's something that I really struggle with I struggle telling people no if I know that it's something I can do or even if I know that it's something I can't do but I can figure out how to do then I'll say yes and you don't have to like I even the past year um I at uni or at work I said yes to a lot of things that maybe I shouldn't have um I helped a lot of people and again I don't regret any I don't regret any of it because particularly uni I learned so much from them um and helping people is kind of like an extension of my learning but sometimes I just needed a rest or something was a little bit too far away for me to get to but I still said no and I put myself I mean I still said yes sorry and I like put myself through going places you know intense like really far away and I don't know it's just like a lot of time and sometimes I mean again everything that I did I loved and I love my friends and that's why I help them but sometimes it I think that I needed to be reminded that I could just say I can't or no you know so just a this is a reminder for the guest culture people out there you can't say no and I've always found this whole thing about personality um and your personality traits and just how people just behavior in general really really interesting I think that probably comes from like wanting to understand how people I guess who don't have like anxiety um and I guess social anxiety like me like how they behave so I can kind of mimic that but you know like the whole um (laughs) I can't remember what it is but the personality test that a lot of people take and it's like gives you like letters and a number or whatever um and I did that and can't remember for the life of me what I was but I find all of that super super interesting as well as I was reading this article that my friend Jane sent over um about like personality traits um and it was talking about what the five big personality traits are which uh according to the article on ABC openness conscientiousness extroversion agreeableness and neuroticism and it like all of that is super interesting. Highly recommend you read the article. But it also like was talking about how personalities formed, which um I mean I don't know about you guys, but whenever I think about like personality, I would always put a lot of I guess of what we are to like our parents and like how we behave is because of our environment and how we grew up but apparently according to um peter o'connor who's an associate professor at qut business school um like apparently these things that we think are from our environment we're putting too much like weight on how much that actually shapes us. So this is just a quote. So it says, if you were to look at two siblings raised by the same parents, in terms of personality traits, they're virtually no more similar to each other than they would be to a random person. Which I found really interesting because I thought that I would think 
that if you're kind of, you know, to grow up in the same environment and raised by the same parents who are kind of teaching you the same things. Also, I would think, <laughs> like, when I think of at least my brother and I, I would be like, okay, like, my parents, like, you know, raised me and they see kind of some things that they did wrong <laughs> um, or, like, they could have done better. Not, not like, wrong, but some things they could have done differently and they've chosen to maybe do something differently like that with my younger brother. Maybe that would shape that would be why like some of his traits are different but I mean I guess that even then that has nothing to do with I mean not nothing but like it's not as heavy of an influence as I thought it would be um to the way that we behave so it says um he says that only half of our personality like we (laughs) we inherit half of our personality differences leaving only half to environmental factors like our childhood experiences and the impacts of our parents and our family which is I thought very interesting and I mean I like again inheriting I guess it means from like your family and like just the brain that your brain the way that your brain functions um which is all very (laughs) scientific and stuff I would assume It was also about talking about how your personality is not fixed, right? So we, at least, I don't know, when I was younger, I would think, like, I would hear a lot of people, even now, you hear a lot of people say, like, you know, I am the way I am, and that's just how it is, and, or, like, I do that, oh, that's just the way that it is. Like, my grandma would say in Peru, like, ACS, like, an accepting... (laughs) thing of just like that's just how things are and that's it but it's saying you know like our personality is malleable and we can change our personality and I think that I have learned this in um the past few years particularly going to therapy and like learning how to um alter the way that I think um in social situations in particular I think that was really important to make me making me realize that I could change things about myself or about my personality, my behavior traits that I knew weren't healthy or maybe aren't the nicest <laughs> traits that I have. Um, so, like, when I hear people say, you know, like, that's just how I am, like, accept it or leave it. Like, I mean, you, it's not, though. Like, you can change how you behave. And it's it's really hard. Um but you can change. I mean, reading about, like, you know, the five personality traits that they were talking about, it's kind of hard to see how you would change, like, extroversion um, in, like, wanting to be more extroverted. Sometimes, people like, people who are just introverted, they don't want to be extroverted. Like, it's not... Yeah, it's changing the bad behavioral patterns, not the things that you just have like I would say that I'm (laughs) or I would have said before this whole self-isolation thing that I'm very introverted um and while I do love alone time and I love my alone time there is a part of me that is just extroverted and wants to be out and having fun with my friends and hanging out so like again we're not we're not like a like a straight up thing you know like 
we're all multidimensional and we've got we've got layers, people. We're like an onion. <laughs> um in high school I was I had to read for Extension English, um, Walt Whitman poem, which was Song of Myself. Um I'm like struggling to think if it was Song of Myself or like there was something else about it because let me search this up hold up okay so I think the book was called Leaves of Grass and then the poem within the book of poetry was Song of Myself which was a poem I had to read for like in high school and it was the longest poem I've ever think that I think I've ever read um it's 40 pages if I recall correctly 40 pages of a poem which is in my mind was insane um he's such a talented writer though so talented i couldn't understand half the things he said because intellect um no but i i could appreciate his words and there were a lot of quotes that stood out to me that i think were really beautiful from that particular poem but there was one that i have never forgotten i was completely completely obsessed with this quote and i still am and the quote states do i contradict myself very well then I contradict myself. I am large, I contain multitudes. And I think that this quote was a complete game changer for me when I read this. Because in today's day and age, I think we're all very much um, geared, particularly with social media, to build a brand of ourselves. And that often means that we have to be consistent in everything that we do. And if we start to kind of build this idea, this image of who we are from when we're young, then that that leaves no room for like change when you grow and for actual growth. And you see this, I think, a lot with people, um, young people on social media. And I, I mean, people who have grown up on social media on social platforms, I mean, even young celebrities, not even just social media. Um, but yeah, the idea of who you are, you're not allowed to break that. It's like, the minute you do, people accuse you of being fake. People think that you've been lying or like that this entire time you've been somebody else and only now you're just like saying your truth, which is not true because we contain multitudes people we we are changing every single day we learn every single day and if you're not changing you're not growing um but I think I was really afraid even though I'm not in like a limelight at all you know I would have my Instagram back then or like I would present a, a specific side of myself to people particularly in high school I wanted to be like the nice girl who was always really nice and always really friendly um and didn't have like controversial opinions or didn't think bad things and I think that's why I latched onto identities so strongly I went vegan when I was 16 and I latched onto that and I built myself around that and vegan was like the first thing I would say when I introduced myself to people or like when somebody asked me about an interesting fact about myself and I think I did that 
even with reading too, like I was talking um, about in the last episode, you know, I was a really big e- <laughs> eater, what? Reader. Um, and I held on to that identity so hard until I turned vegan. <laughs> and then that was my new thing that I latched onto. And I latched onto so many ideas of who I would make myself be or who I would portray myself as that I couldn't do these things together and I mean I know that there's a lot of people who've never struggled with this and I might be thinking like Ariana what the hell like what are you on about (laughs) but when I read this quote it literally like made me realize that I was able to contradict myself like he says I was so scared of ever saying something that would contradict something that I've said in the past um like now recently you know I've been vegan for about four years and in between then I have had times when I've not been the perfect vegan you know when I went to Europe in 20 when was that 2016 even the very beginning of my veganist life when I went to Europe I was pretty much eating vegetarian because it's kind of hard to ask in French for someone to hold the cheese um when you don't know how to say that in a different language um and you know I would like try to put it on Google Translate or whatever but then I would get scared and I just get anxious and I was just like you know what this is bringing like making me really anxious I'm just gonna eat vegetarian while I'm here it's fine and in between I've also had times of like just binge eating and like eating non-vegan food to kind of punish myself um which is a whole other thing but anyway like I've had I've had moments of branching out of my veganness during my four years um but now this year or recently I've decided that although I'm gonna try eat majorly vegan foods I'm not gonna consider myself fully vegan because I sometimes have a pizza with cheese on it you know like I have something else with with dairy um although I don't think that I'm ever gonna eat meat um again and that's like also talking about white meat I'm not gonna eat an animal again I don't think um I may have dairy and I don't know about eggs but like you know like I'm introducing that back into my diet sometimes when I want to have it and it's hard because being informed on all these industries and being informed on the dairy industry um and eggs and stuff I know that they're not great they're not you know like ethically good industries businesses um and I have made the choice that sometimes it's just okay with me which again ethically it's it's hard and I think that why I have held on to vegan for so long was just I don't know like afraid of saying I'm not vegan (laughs) which is I guess what it is now um but yeah and even recently I've been wanting to get into or even like you know a few years back as well wanting into zero to get more into zero waste and I mean Zero waste is super hard and I don't know if I'll ever get there. But being more conscious of the things that I purchased this year, I my aim was to not buy any clothes for the entire year. 
because I have plenty of clothes. I don't need any new stuff. And I think I've stuck by that. I'm, I bought a dress from Vinnie's and a pair of shoes from Vinnie's. The dress was like $8 and the shoes were like $4. So I don't think that like it was like too much it was there were there weren't expensive clothes also and I needed a dress I say I needed but you know I wanted the dress for a wedding and the shoes they were shoes what's it called they're like little loafers that I wanted to buy at what's it uh Dr. Martin's for three hundred (laughs) dollars and I found these loafers for four dollars and it was a great moment that's why I've been wanting them for a really long time so that's why I made the purchase. But apart from those, I haven't bought any clothes this year um, so far. It's only April. But I will continue to try to do this. Um, but I'm rambling on. Anyway, what I'm trying to get at is that even trying to do that, that stuff, I feel like if I don't go into it fully, then what's the point? But there is a point. I'm trying to be better. And, you know, maybe at 16 I could be fully vegan. And I had the willpower to do that. But right now I am doing my best. The vegan lifestyle is always going to be something that is in the front of my mind when I'm making purchases with food um, or even beauty and skincare and stuff. But I need to let myself breathe a little bit and be a little bit more lenient with the fact that sometimes that's just not going to be the case for me. And it's because, again, I contain... I I was so scared of contradicting myself. But it's fine. Sometimes you have to contradict yourself because sometimes you were stupid before (laughs) and you said something stupid and... I don't know. That was just something that I really struggled with. Um, And that quote made me feel really good and gave me a lot of insight into the fact that you know having to stick to one thing doesn't have to be everything and that's okay so yeah honestly don't even know how we got here um (laughs) as a topic can't remember the segue from when we were asking i mean talking about ass culture and guest culture to walt whitman and the power of his words but I'm glad that I went on that ramble and I hope that some of you enjoyed listening to that (laughs) if you're still here you're you're great (laughs) but yeah I mean that's kind of wraps up everything I wanted to talk about this week if you haven't noticed my audio this week has been hopefully better I bought a microphone um and I learned how to use it so I mean I still have a bit to mess around with but hopefully it sounds okay and hopefully it sounds better let me know i hope that you enjoyed listening to this week's podcast and i think that i'm going to be uploading fortnightly um maybe sometimes i'll throw in another podcast in between that who knows um but yeah as of right now i think it's going to be fortnightly and that's kind of it for today i hope you guys have a lovely day ahead of you and a lovely week coming up stay safe and healthy and that's it bye <laughs>